Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. This is Phil Haugen coming to you from our training facility in Weatherford, Oklahoma on a beautiful Tuesday morning. Fall is here, cool nights, cool mornings, warms up in the afternoon then cools off a little bit at night. It's just a uh, wonderful time of year here. Today couple questions that I've had this week from a couple friends and and customers to begin with the first one I had a call yesterday from a customer and longtime friend and they have a young horse that they've had in training and as they go through the training process went from the colt starter to an advanced rider this was actually a going to be a barrel horse and as this colt went from the colt starter and then to another trainer when they were getting ready to go pick the colt up and the trainer is working her and right before they go pick her up she's working her on the pattern putting a little more speed with it and the horse bucks are off bucks are off hard and you know their question to me was and and this is kind of a loaded question a hard question to answer because i really don't have any information or background with this horse i've never seen her but they said you know what do we do with her now and you know my response was you know there's always that chance that that could happen again and more than likely it is going to happen again It's one of those deals where they were real puzzled because up to that point, that filly had never shown any of that, which is real common. It's a really, really good example of how powerful the thought process is of a horse when when they flip that switch and they go to the reacting side of their brain. Because in a split second, when this trainer was riding this filly across the pen and pushed that filly to a point just adding just enough speed to where she was going faster than she had been going and put her into a spot mentally where she was not comfortable you know it's just it just goes to show how powerful that switch is and how when that horse goes from into that reactive state, that fight or flight, how a horse, even though it's never done it before, how it will defend themselves. And, and the thing about that is the more, the more I understand that about a horse, you're pushing that horse to where when they flip that switch, they become something they really don't want to be. And I, and I 100% believe that horses, horses do not want to feel like they have to defend themselves. And every horse is different. 
and we're kind of, you know, to be honest with you, we're a little naive about it, myself included, because like I was telling this customer, if I had a dollar for every time somebody said, well, they've never done that before, I'd have a lot of dollars. I mean, you know, horses are going to be unpredictable at times. They are an animal with thoughts, feelings, and emotions, just like we are. I don't know about anybody else, but there have been times in situations where I did or said things that if I could take it back, I would. I mean, you know, you heat of the moment, you know, emotions, I mean, things running through your mind, thoughts running through your mind or situations. There have been times where I have said or done something that I wished I hadn't, you know, but that that's how it works with our minds. That's how a horse's mind works. When they feel that split second where they have to feel like they need to defend themselves and they buck, they're, they're going to get rid of that mountain lion on their back. You know, and I tell you what, it's, it's, really, it's really just a good reminder to me at times when I, when I have those conversations and I hear those stories because, you know, it's, well, it's just like now I've got a really nice set of colts that's fixing to go home and I had actually been gone for about five days and yesterday I got back on them and was able to, you know, they, I have a lot of confidence in those Colts and they have a lot of confidence in me. And, you know, I was able to put my hand down and just go to work and lope some nice soft circles, lope some nice soft squares. Colts felt good. I couldn't, you know, I would have never guessed that I hadn't been on them. You know, if you were watching, you wouldn't have guessed they'd had six days off. Well, you know, but at the same time, something could happen to where it triggers that switch. And they flip that switch to the reacting or the the fight or flight mode. And, and that could be, you know, and then you get that response, you know, and and it's, uh, I tell you what, it's it's really interesting with Colts because Colts are, you know, mentally, they're so fragile. And they just need a little help, you know, at all times to keep that confidence and build that confidence. And so with this customer and friend, you know, and she's at a point in her career where she doesn't want to get bucked off. And, and I don't blame her. Nobody needs bucked off because here's the thing about getting bucked off. You can get lucky and nothing can happen or you can be unlucky and you can break your neck and your career can be over, not only in riding, but in, in other parts of your life, other parts of your career, it can affect you forever. And so, you know, that risk is always there. We've become, you know, we've become kind of a society that thinks that we're dealing with a domesticated animal and and we are i mean they are domesticated to a degree but at the same time 
like I was telling this customer, you, you're never going to have a programmed computer because they were just like, could not believe it happened and were surprised, you know, disappointed, you know, the whole gamut of emotions. Well, it's going to happen. It's not going to happen with every horse, but there's always a risk of that happening. Anytime you put that horse in a situation where they're not comfortable and they're, you know, in that uncomfortable, insecure spot. Now, it's a double-edged sword because to get horses comfortable at, in different situations, we have to push them out of their comfort zone. So that trainer that was, that was working that filly, she's doing exactly what we need to do to progress these horses in their training. But at the same time, we do that understanding that risk. And that's one of the things with trainers that people, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, trainers earn every penny you will pay them. I don't care what you're paying your trainer. If you've got a good trainer, they're earning every penny and more for riding your horse because of the 24-7 care, the risk they take, the equipment that they put on that horse, the equipment that they've built, the facilities they've built so that they can do a good job training your horse. You know, a good trainer is worth their weight in gold. So any money you're paying out to a good trainer and they're assuming all that risk they're assuming all that cost. They're assuming all that responsibility. Those of you that have people riding your horses, appreciate your trainers. Because, and, and you know, I've, I, I get a lot of people, I'm not going to say a lot. I get some people calling about their horses and about how they'd been to a so-called trainer and it didn't go like they thought it should and all that and and I and I get that too. I mean it doesn't always go perfect. I mean I've been at this a long time and if you ask enough people you'll probably find somebody that didn't like something I did with one of their horses. You you can't make everybody happy. I mean that's all there is to it. It doesn't you just can't make everybody happy. And sometimes you know, looking back for me personally as a trainer, there were times when I wasn't knowledgeable enough to be a really good trainer. I was a real good rider. I could always ride. But there were times that my communication, you know, lacked, you know, there were some chinks in my armor. You know, there were some holes in my communication back in the day. And you know, you learn from that, you get better and you move on. And that's why when you, when you have one of those elite trainers that understands a horse and understands the concept of progressing that horse in their training through communication and leadership, I'm just telling you, appreciate those trainers. And I don't care what they charge. It's worth it. I mean, it is so worth it. That is a career of passion because if it was about if you did the math on what you actually make it doesn't look very smart 
<laughs> sometimes it doesn't look very smart believe me I, for as hard as I've worked at what I do if I'd have picked probably any other field I'd probably be a gazillionaire if I'd worked that hard at it but it's it's a labor of love and it's a labor of passion and so I really I really feel for the trainer that that got bucked off because she's a really good hand does a great job with her horses you know from the owner's perspective they had no idea that could happen i mean that's a risk we all take we all take so that's that's one thing that i wanted to talk a little bit about today because you know that's something that came up this week and understand there's always always that potential there's always that potential and it always happens when they when you don't expect it it always happens when you don't expect it so another call i had this week was from a friend of mine and he's uh he's branching out into another discipline got a really good horse good horseman but he's branching out into the roping and he's really he's he's inexperienced in the roping and he's same age as me he's 59 and you know at this point in the game whether we want to admit it or not at 59 some of the physical gifts that i had you know 25 30 years ago i I don't have those gifts anymore you know though there's there are some talents and and just some physical tools that that I don't have anymore and 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 neither does this gentleman now at the same time experience offsets a lot of that and so as you move forward into a discipline that you're not comfortable with well you know the experiences we've gained in other areas are going to benefit us greatly but we talked a lot about it yesterday on the phone about how do you get comfortable with being uncomfortable? Well, first of all, it's a mindset. And, and the mindset is this. We need to step out into, you know, muddy water once in a while where you can't see the bottom. And we've got to trust in ourselves that will have the mental capacity and the physical capacity to figure it out. And that getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is so important because I tell you what, there have been several situations where I needed to tell myself that too. And where I I start falling into that trap where, uh, I can just keep doing what I'm doing and be just fine or I can go do this and I'm going to be uncomfortable but I know afterwards I'm going to be better and and just like I was telling this friend of mine I said you know when you go into it whatever happens good or bad you know it's good if we learn from it and we talked about just like in the you know everything in the horse industry 
when we put ourselves out there every time we go do something, we put ourselves out there to be to be successful or frustrated, humbled, and embarrassed. I mean, th- there's no in-between, <laughs> you know, there's no in-between. I mean, now we can, we can go compete like Bridget's been taking a, a horse that's pink buckle eligible that she's going to run for Hannah at, at, at pink buckle here in October. And she hasn't had a lot of time on that horse. And, you know, she's only made a few runs, three or four runs, and they have been far from perfect. But at the same time, there have been good things that she's taken away from every one of those runs. And just like the other night, she uh, was asking for more speed and was carrying her bat. Well, when she did that, horse kind of fell apart a little bit. It wasn't as smooth as she'd like. But like she said, you know, like Bridget said, I'd rather it happen there than, you know, at, at Pink Buckle. Well, that's 100% the way to look at it. Understand, any time we're going to grow, you're going to have growing pains. So you know what we need to do? We need to get addicted to having growing pains. Even myself, there are times... That I, that I think about being in certain situations and it, you know, you can feel the anxiety, the ap- apprehension, call it being a little scared, whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, man, that's not, I'm not really comfortable. Well, I, you know, I, I have to have that same talk with myself. We, we need to be addicted to growing pains because if you're not having growing pains, you're not growing every week around our place because of the additional facilities we've built and the different businesses we have here there is something constantly that needs fixed addressed you know we're calling somebody constantly to fix something to work on something to finish something it's growing pains. And sometimes I'm just like, God, I'm sick of maintenance. I'm sick of having to try to line people up to work. I'm sick, you know, but those are growing pains. I I should appreciate them because when you have growing pains, you know, you're growing. If you don't have growing pains and everything's perfect, hunky dory, you, you're not, you're not exercising your growth mindset. I've got a, a program that I'm fixing to implement with, with my morning routine and changing my workout program up a little bit. And, and to be real honest with you, getting back into a workout program where I'm more consistent. This, this summer, I have, I'll tell you what my workout program has been. It has been consistently inconsistent because... When I don't do it first thing in the morning when it's real hot and I know I need to get to riding, otherwise it's just going to get brutally hot, I'd been skipping my workout program and telling myself, oh, I'll do it afterwards. Well, I'll be honest with you, afterwards, I ain't doing it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a first, if I'm a workout, it's got to be first thing in the morning 
and it's got to be before I go do anything else. You know, it's got to be part of my early morning routine. And then if I do that, I, I'm good to go. And, you know, so I'm, I'm, it's just now cooled off enough that we don't have to rush out there and have do the early morning riding and i'm about to get these horses sent home which will give me a little more time and i need to get into a real specific workout routine that i stick with well that's that those are growing pains those are it's going to be uncomfortable it's going to be to where i need to talk myself into it every morning I need to remind myself, you need to do it. You need to do it. You know, just because it's not comfortable doesn't mean it's not the thing to do. So that, you know, a growth mindset is so important. It's uh, we're getting ready for our, our first mentorship week. And that is a week where I get to work with a group of people that is so awesome because they have made a, a big commitment in time and resources to be here for a week. And to do that, you have to have, be at a place in your life where you understand the power and the value of growth. And you understand that there is so much more to get. There's so much more room for you to grow. And here's the thing. It's all about personal growth. When, just like in the, at the clinics, when I'm talking to trainers and I'm telling them, you have no idea how much you have in you. If you'll let it come out, if you'll let yourself grow and, and step out of your comfort zone and do things do things that it's not about doing things that others don't do. It's more about do the things that you know will help you. And you know they can help because they've helped others. I mean, you know, it's it's something as simple as a gratitude journal. You know, I, I don't do it every day, but I'm going to say 95% of the time. I, I write down eight or 10 things in a gratitude journal every morning. And like I said, every once in a while I miss a day because of something, scheduling or time or whatever. But everything we do is all about just get started again. Every day is about getting started again, getting started with your routine, getting started with your personal growth, getting started with progressing your training program, Getting started with progressing yourself as a, you know, as a spouse, as a father, as a friend, as a mentor, as a teacher, whatever that is. I mean, every day is an opportunity to get better. So when we, the reason, or for me anyway, the reason that there were times and there still are times that I shy away from growth is you know, that, that fear of failure, that fear of, that fear of being frustrated, humbled and, and embarrassed. And, and to be honest with you, I really don't care what anybody thinks anymore. There was a time when I really cared a lot about what people thought, but anymore I don't. 
And I understand that as I grow, I'm going to lose some people. I know I'm going to lose. I'm, I'm going to, for me to grow, sometimes sometimes things get have to be left behind. And, and I'm okay with that. But I tell you what, tell you what happens with growth, that fear of failure, that that frustration, that humbling, being humbled, being embarrassed. Nobody likes to feel bad about themselves. And when we fail, that's what that's what happens. We those thoughts creep in and we don't we don't feel like we're good enough. We don't feel like we're enough. We're not, you know, we don't have this, we don't have that. You know, we're, we're not talented, we're not skilled or whatever. You know, those negative thoughts drift into our mind and that, that is the exact opposite of what we should let enter our mind as far as thoughts are concerned. Because when, when you have that growth mindset and you're putting yourself out there, you're, you're showing courage, you're showing strength, and you're showing leadership. Courage, strength, and leadership. I mean, those are three awesome qualities. And when you put yourself out there in uncomfortable situations and you get comfortable with being uncomfortable, that's what you're portraying. And no matter what happens, like I was telling this friend of mine that's going to start roping, and and he's in it going to be in a group of his peers and so that makes it that makes it even to where you're more aware of it and you may judge yourself even harder but by doing that it it shows courage strength and leadership that you put yourself in that position that you're not comfortable with well if you're successful or not doesn't matter it's still a great experience if you learn from it. So, and, and I know this is, it's easy for me to say at 59, you know, I've been around a while, you know, I, when I say I really don't care, you know, people's opinions, I'm not going to say they don't matter, but at the same time, if some, if I go, do, if I'm doing something where, where I'm stepping out of my comfort zone, I'm working on something that I'm not real skilled in and I'm and I'm using my growth mindset and I'm using all the courage and strength and leadership I have to go do this. If you know, if somebody wants to judge you, that that's just don't put any stock in it. That that's a waste of your time even work, thinking about what they care you know thinking about what they're what they're thinking of you if they you know don't don't care don't care what they think is what i'm saying trying to spit out anyway <laughs> so you know that growth mindset is everything always remember you're you're showing courage you're showing showing strength you're showing leadership by leading by example. Just think about you parents with your children. And they see you doing things that you're not afraid to fail at. Do you think they're going to pick up on that? Do you think they're going to go, okay, well, that's not that big a deal. Mom or dad didn't do great. And, 
when they tried that, so I can try that. Well, the only chance you have to be successful at something is to take the chance to be successful at it. So just go for it. Just go for it. So I got to wrap this up, but those are just a couple things that questions that came in this week that I felt like are very, very relevant for all of us. So I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you have a great week of training as well as in the other phases of your life. Keep, keep working hard. Keep striving to be your best. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great week. And as always, let's be our best. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. To learn more about the training program that inspired the Be Your Best podcast, head over to philhagenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at philhagenhorsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. This is where we're going to be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I want to encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better, whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life. Own it and be your best. God bless and have a great day of training.